Support for this podcast comes from Outdoor Supply Hardware, inviting listeners to OSHA's big anniversary sale celebration, May 20th through the 26th, featuring daily deals, $15,000 in giveaways, 20% off store-wide on Saturday and Sunday, and a lot more. Learn more at OSH.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. So most of us who normally ride public transit to work, we haven't been doing it. And if you are still doing it, your commute's gotten a little eerie. So there are about 15 people on the BART train, all of them wearing masks, including myself. This is Nick Auger, who said he'd record a little bit of his commute for us. He works in Concord as a chemical engineer, and he is the kind of rider BART depends on every day to stay afloat. I did not see anyone else get off the train with me, and it appears that I am once again all alone in a BART station. So what happens when most of BART's 400,000 daily riders disappear? The Bay Area has 27 separate transit agencies that make up all the trains, buses, and ferries we take to get around. And now they're out millions and millions of dollars. They're getting some help from the government, but not enough. They're all wondering how they're going to pay for the basic services they need to get through the next year. They just don't know at this point. So as COVID-19 has reshaped so many parts of our lives, what's next for Bay Area public transit? I'm Devin Kadiyama. Welcome to the Bay. So my first question then is, how screwed are Bay Area's public transit agencies right now? They are very screwed. Dan Brecky reports on transportation for KQED. On a normal day before the pandemic, BART would have about 415,000 riders. Uh, Muni would have about 700, 720,000. AC Transit would have somewhere around 150 to 160,000. Caltrain, around 65,000. And then very, very suddenly, the numbers started to decline. And it only took a week for them to go from pretty close to 100% of their normal ridership to 10% or less. So if you're somebody who really has to ride public transit, if you're an essential worker and you you really have to get to work and this is your only way, your life has gotten a lot harder because of all these things that are happening to the transit agencies. Number one, the schedules have changed. There just isn't as much service. BART, for instance, has half as many trains. Caltrain has fewer than half of their uh, former schedule. Muni has suspended service on 70 of its 89 lines, and there's no more uh, light rail. And that kind of pattern is reflected throughout uh, the Bay Area in the operations of the transit providers. Depending on the agency, they 
really rely on that fair money. So all of a sudden, all their budget assumptions, all their financial assumptions just flew out the window. I've seen people comparing the ripple effects of this pandemic to, you know, the recession in 2008. I've also seen people comparing it to the Great Depression. Do you have any sense of how this pandemic is different from those economic downfalls? I think it's different from both of those. Um, both of those crises took some time to take hold. This thing took hold very close to overnight. It was almost more akin to an earthquake. One moment you have a certain set of assumptions about the way life is, and the next day you're wondering how you're going to feed yourself. Right. And the way I've been thinking about it is we have this experience about lots and lots of things in life right now. We don't know what's on the other side. And what's happening with transportation in a way is a really tangible uh, part of our lives that uh, we can sort of see all of this stuff being played out also in, in very tangible ways. So, you know, your original question was how screwed are the transit agencies? They're all wondering how they're going to pay for the basic services they need, workers, uh, to get through the next year. So I, the, the big question here is is money for these transit agencies. I, and I know that transit agencies never seem to have the money they need to make this system as great as they want. But can you give us a sense of what shape Bay Area Transit was in before the pandemic hit? Well, they were doing okay. Right. I mean, as you it's not a big margin business. Right. They're not they're not in business to make a profit, but they also can never run a deficit. Right. You can't do that in government. The federal government can do that because they have the power to print money. But transit agencies and your county government, and city government can't do that. They have growing costs, almost all of them. It costs more and more every year to employ people. And that's their biggest expense. Right. Is just payroll. And, uh, and then they have things they have to do to make the system better, right? They have to re reinvest in, in these things. And so, so it's always pretty close. But going into this, BART was actually a little bit ahead. They actually uh, were bringing in a bit more money than they expected this year. So not bad. Hmm. And overnight, that, they went from probably having a few million dollars more in the bank than they thought they might at the end of this year to having a deficit just through June 30th of $174 million. Jeez. All these transit agencies are, have been losing on the order. If you put them all together, we're looking at a loss of hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars across the region. Many of them are losing a million or two million a week. Uh, I want to welcome... Uh, the members of the board and staff and members of the public and press to the board meeting for Bay Area Rapid Transit. For so right now, do you think BART officials have a good handle on how bad the situation is and what, th what they need to do to fix it or what they should be aware of? The way that's being played out at the agency's board meetings is there's more and more attention as time goes on because the board members are elected. They feel accountable to the writing public and to the taxpaying public that really make BART go. And they are starting to want to know what the shape of the solutions are 
that will allow the agency to continue to, to run service. There are only two ways to, to fill this massive projected revenue deficit. It's either more taxpayer funding or cutting expenses. That's it. Those are the two options. There are people on the board who are going, well, listen, we have to figure this out. But one thing we don't want to do is lay off a bunch of people because that will make it really hard for us to, to uh, you know, wind service back up when it's time to do that. So, so there is tension at these meetings. Our employees are coming to work every day to keep BART running. It would be disingenuous for us to then turn to these same employees and ask them to balance the budget with their pay. That's BS. One of the people who spoke at the meeting was Pam Herhold. She's a BART assistant general manager who's one of those who's chiefly responsible for coming up with a budget for the next year. She said that the onset of the coronavirus outbreak and the shelter in place and, and what that did to ridership made a shambles of the budget. We are moving as fast as we can and absorbing the information as fast as we can. We've told you we'd be back in May. We're coming back in May. Um, what it's going to look like, I'll be candid with you right now, I don't know. But we are doing everything we can to put a budget in front of you. Nobody thought that they would be looking at a budget that was just like a gigantic canyon in front of them that they couldn't see the other side of. And that's what they're dealing with now. So does Bart have any idea about what the next year is going to look like? Well, right now, their best case scenario is that uh, maybe they could get back to a 30% ridership level. That would be about one-third of the ridership they had before the pandemic by the end of the summer. And in that best-case scenario, they would have a deficit of more than $250 million. Jeez, that's incredible. Yeah, it is incredible. So in the case of Muni, they're doing the same thing. They're trying to figure out, okay, what kind of service can we run with the amount of money we can see coming in? And uh, they can do things like consider raising fares. And Muni just did that. They just uh, imposed a 12% increase that won't take effect until later this year, but that will help bring in more money. And that actually will help them avoid layoffs that they want to avoid at this point. A lot of people's daily routines are changing. You know, more people are working from home, obviously, but they've talked about working from home permanently. So what are some of the ways you're thinking, like changes in our behavior might shape the future of public transit in the Bay Area? Well, again, it's kind of an unknown. I think everybody realizes that whatever we thought was the way we were going to be doing things forever in February isn't the case anymore. I mean, a lot of people are thinking that uh, jobs that don't require physical presence in a place, maybe it's better to keep them distributed the way we have them right now with people working from home. So that means less people traveling, less people buying gasoline and, and uh, paying sales tax and gas tax, and less people taking transit and paying fares. Um, other changes are, are kind of sort of psychologically based and a little harder to predict. I mean, there's a lot of questions about whether people will be so willing to get on a crowded train. After we've gone through this experience where uh, we're dealing with something that's very, very contagious, will older writers want to get on trains or people who have some kind of condition that makes them vulnerable, will they want to be in an enclosed space? 
But some people see this as a reason for optimism that, for instance, in the Bay Area, we have these 27 transit agencies that are pretty much all doing their own thing. Some do it very well, some do it not so well, but they, they never mesh. It's kind of 27 shades of chaos. Their schedules don't mesh. Uh, their fare structures uh, don't mesh. Uh, people have to pay multiple fares if they want to take multiple agencies uh, most of the time. So maybe this is an opportunity to step back and really look at that. How could we do it better? I think we're in an era right now where we've seen a lot more transit activism and a lot more uh, consciousness about how these transportation choices affect everybody, including people who have been excluded. I think there are important people in place who will have this equity consideration. And, and by, you know, let's be clear what we mean by equity. It means providing transportation service to those who are most transit dependent. They don't really have other choices for getting around and doing their essential tasks, getting to work and doing grocery shopping and, and getting to medical appointments. So there are people out there who've been working on this for a, for a long time before this crisis, and I think we're gonna be hearing a lot more from them. Dan reminds us that public transit meetings are still open to people like me and you. And he thinks that now is a time when we should be paying attention to the decisions happening at all levels of local government. It's a difficult moment to participate because people have so many of their own immediate concerns, but it is a very crucial time for the future of all of these agencies. Dan Breck, is an editor at KQED who reports on transportation. And hey, if you are planning to ride BART and you didn't already know, you have to now wear a face covering inside all stations and all trains. So there you go. The Bay is produced by Erica Cruz Guevara and editor Alan Montecilio. I'm Devin Kadiyama. That's it for us. Talk to you next time. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S.